Good morning. The Old Testament reading today comes from Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Um, The New Testament reading comes from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. So verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He had received the five He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came and came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent into the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will, more be given, and he will have an abundance." But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast a worthless servant 
into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Dorcas. Um, Hi, friends. My name's Mike, and um, I look after the kids' ministry at our parish, and I get the privilege of um, working through the parable of the talents with you today. So I have a question to start with, and the question is, how was your week? How was your week? How are you? How was your week? Do you ever get asked that question? Um, Sometimes when I ask that question to someone else, the other person just happens to have had a super productive week. So they'll say, yes, oh, it was great. Monday, um, I went for a jog. Tuesday, I landed a $2.4 million deal with a new client. Wednesday, oh, Wednesday was good because I I made a beef wellington with a red wine reduction for my friends and they loved it. Um, And tonight, I've actually, I'm receiving an award because I've done some work with disadvantaged children in Australia. How was your week? (laughs) Yeah, mine was great. I did lots of stuff as well. We like to feel productive, don't we? And our culture loves um, and values productivity, getting things done. Today, the parable of the talents is going to speak into productivity. Productivity. And what does it look like as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to be productive with all the things that we have? So that's the big question we're going to look at today. And I love the parable of the talents because... While it speaks to us as a collection of people, it also speaks to us as individuals. So for some of you today, the the parable will be a great challenge for you. Um, For others of you today, it'll be more of an encouragement as you look through the parable. And then some for others of us, the parable will be a great warning for you this morning. So I'm going to ask God for his wisdom as we listen to the parable. So please pray with me. Our Father God, we give you great thanks that you've gathered us together to listen to you speak, and would you please speak to us so clearly through Matthew chapter 25, and we ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, we've been working through the parables, and the parables have been set in the context of waiting, as Krishan has said, waiting for the Lord Jesus to come. And so we've been looking at the parable of the ten virgins last week, and this week we're going to listen to what the parable of the talents has to say about what it means to wait well, what it means to be productive now that Jesus has died and risen again and will come back, how do we be productive as followers of Jesus? So let's have a look at the parable. Come with me, chapter 25 and verse 14. Um, Chapter 25, verse 14. For it, the kingdom of heaven, will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his ability, he went away. And he who had received five went at once and traded with them and made five talents more. And so also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. 
the relationship in the parable, if you notice, is a master and a slave. And this is going to be really important as we go through the parable. It's not employer, employee, it's master and it's slave. So the master owns everything and the slave owns nothing and the slave is obligated to do what the master commands. So keep that in mind as we go through the parable. And you'll notice there that what the master does is he entrusts these things called talents to the servants or slaves. So keep that in mind as well. Now, some of you astute listeners would have noticed that the word talent, um, that there is not the same way that we use the word talent in our modern English. So we use the word talent to describe gifts and abilities. So um, uh, Roy is a talented guitar player. Becky is a talented violinist. Huey is a talented whatever. That's how we use the word talented. Um, and, but you'll notice there that the word talent in the English, I'm sorry, Huey, um, is uh, <laughs> it's a translation of the Greek word, get ready for it, talenton. And what a talenton was, it wasn't a gift or an ability, it was just a unit of measure. So you, had, you could have a talent of gold or a talent of silver, and so it wasn't to do with gifts and abilities, it's just a weight of measure. Now, just keep in mind that some of your Bible footnotes will have one talent is something like 20 years of wages. So to make it kind of more in Australian dollar terms, the, the, the parable could read the master gives his first slave something like eight million Australian dollars, the second slave three million dollars, and the last slave 1.5 million dollars. This is an incredibly wealthy master and incredibly trusting of his slaves and he gives it to them not to squander but he says be productive, maximize what I've given you. So the parable friends, is not about, first and foremostly, how can I use my gifts and abilities? Sometimes it gets taught that way. This parable is not about um, Roy trying to become the best guitarist he can be, or Michelle Louis trying to get onto MasterChef as the best baker she can be. No, the, the talents in the story are just their monetary units. So your question might be then, what do the talents represent? What do the talents represent? Well, as you probably have been um, aware of, throughout Matthew's Gospel, one of the big themes has been the Kingdom of Heaven. And what Jesus has been doing is he's been gathering disciples, not everybody, he's been gathering especially his disciples to reveal his identity to. So chapter 13 in Matthew, for example, he says, to you, the disciples, the secrets of the Kingdom of Heaven have been given. Even to those who has, more will be given. To those who have not, will be taken away. And so, what has the master then entrusted to his servants? Well, I think it's the work of advancing his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. But you'll notice there that he apportions the work. It's the same work, but he apportions it. You'll notice there in verse 15 to each according to his ability. So what I think he's saying there is he's saying the master has entrusted, Jesus the master has entrusted the work of advancing the kingdom, his kingdom, but recognizing that 
he's given different people different circumstances and different life stages and different gifts and abilities, which is included, different opportunities, different time. So the slaves are not all the same, but they've been entrusted with the work of advancing the kingdom. So let's play it out with a couple of people in our congregation. So let me pick on Krishan because he's led our service today. Um, Krishan is a cardiologist, um, but to make a mockery of the education system, Krishan also has a degree in law, okay? So he studied law, he thought that's too easy, I'm going to get a medicine degree, and now he's a practicing cardiologist. And what the Lord Jesus did for Krishan is that in his kindness and mercy, he welcomed and revealed himself to Krishan and forgave him for his sin. And now the parable of the talents is saying to Krishan, Krishan, I've entrusted you with the work of advancing the kingdom. So how will you use all the things that I've given you, the places I've placed you in, the relationships that you have to do that very work of proclamation, of advancing the kingdom? How will you use the patient's relationships who are scared? How will you provide the hope that the gospel has for that patient? How will you use the relationships with other doctors to pray for them and to share your faith with them? I've entrusted you with the work of the gospel. Or let's take someone else. Let's take Bev. Bev is not a cardiologist, but Bev, uh, at the moment, um, God revealed his kindness to her in an Easter door-knocking raid, and she was revealed the secrets of the kingdom, the forgiveness in Jesus. And now the parable of the talents is asking Bev, Bev, now that you have found yourself in retirement and you might have some particular time during the week, how are you going to use that time to advance the work of the kingdom? How might you gather with other Christians to share what you've been reading in the scriptures? And how might you meet with your non-Christian friends to advance the work of the gospel? The master, our Lord Jesus, has entrusted us with the work of advancing his kingdom. So, friends, here is a parable that says, yes, a disciple of Jesus will be productive. But they're not going to be productive. It's not productivity for your own gain. It's productivity for the work of advancing the kingdom of Jesus. Well, what about the master and his reward? What's the point of investing in this kind of relationship. Come with me, chapter 25 and verse 19. Now, after a long time, and remember this kind of coincides with the long delay perhaps of the second coming, um, the master uh, comes and the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents, here I made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master's, your, your joy of your master. And he says the same thing to the one who made two talents more, but then you'll notice it wasn't the same for the third servant. Um, there's two rewards for the slaves. 
One reward is the joy of the master's presence, the joy of the master. Um, My dad uh, spent 30 years working as an accountant for the same firm. 30 years. He was loyal to this company. And at the end of his time at this firm, do you know what they gave him? 30 years of loyal service. They sent a plaque in the mail and it said, well done for 30 years of service. This master in the parable is the type of master, he's the type of boss that if my dad worked for this master, it's the type of master that would have said at the end of my dad's time, come join my family on, our, on the cruise on my 50-foot yacht around the world. Hang, hang out with me, spend time with me. Um, you can come watch the game on my 200-inch TV screen. Come into the joy. And this is, again, the master slave. This is very strange. A slave has no right to demand any of these things. And yet this is the type of master that wants to bring his slaves, his servants, into his very joy. That the Lord Jesus would invite his disciples at the end of time to say, come and enjoy presence with me. Come and enjoy all these wonderful things that I will provide you and be in the very joy that I can offer you. Now, that is, kind of, that is the kind of master that I want to work for. But notice as well that the reward is available to both the one who produces five talents as well as two talents. So for some of us today, you might be feeling like, I don't get to contribute to the kingdom all that much. And yet the reward, do you notice, for the five and the two is exactly the same. Enter into the joy of the master and have more responsibility. So today, the parable might be an encouragement to some of you who feel like you're not contributing to the kingdom all that much. So um, my wife, Mercy, reminded me of a man who used to come to our service. His His name was Bruce, and Bruce passed away a number of years ago, and he's now enjoying the presence of the master in heaven. Um, But Bruce was someone who could never hold down a job because of the health issues, because of the mental challenges that he had. He couldn't do it. And so Bruce made it his job to pray for other people. And so I assumed then that when he met the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus said, Bruce, well done, good and faithful servant. If you're perhaps, or maybe you're perhaps a young mum like my wife, Mercy, and at the end of the day, I ask her, how was your day? And she'll say, look, I got poo on my hands, I changed some nappies, and I um, was really exhausted. But there was a couple of moments in the day when I got to send a message to a new mother and just said, "Um, welcome to the gathering. I hope you're doing pretty well. And the Lord, our Lord, recognises all the little things that his servants do. Welcome into the joy of the master. But you'll probably as well have noticed that the other part of the reward is a bit of a strange one. Because he says, enter into the joy of my presence, but he also says, have more responsibility, that you've been faithful in a little, so I'll set you over much. Now, um, particularly in kids' church, when I get kids to have responsibility, 
I don't usually reward them with more responsibility. They don't usually enjoy that type of reward. Um, and at work, I'm sure if the boss said, you know, Jun, um, I'm going to get you to um, be responsible over a new team, and as a reward, you'll get, you'll get another team to look after. It's a bit counterintuitive, isn't it? But have you been noticing the generosity of this master? This is a master who has entrusted his servants with the work of the gospel, with eternal kingdom work, that you could be saved and have relationship with the, with the king of the whole universe and partake in eternal work for him. That is fundamentally a great and wonderful privilege. So perhaps you're feeling like lately serving has become really time-consuming. It's, oh, it's winter, I'm really tired, I just had a long day at work now, I need to write a Bible study for my group or I need to meet up with someone. The work of the kingdom is tiring, but the parable says that to work for this master, to work for the Lord Jesus, is a great privilege and joy. And finally then, what is the master's condemnation? The third servant comes back to his master, but you'll remember that he only produced, well, nothing. He just gave the talent back that he received. Now, on first reading, you might think, it's not that bad. Like, what's wrong with what the third servant did? He didn't lose the talent. He didn't gain anything, but at least he, he didn't lose the talent. And every young mother knows that if you send your son to school with something, the fact that they bring it back, it's a miracle, okay? So what's wrong with the third servant? Why, why is the third servant wicked? Well, his heart is revealed in what he says. So come with me to verse 24. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. And but the master answered him, you wicked, slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received that was what was mine with interest. The third slave, firstly, again, he's a slave. So it was his duty, it was his obligation to do what the master commanded. And yet he decided that I'm not going to listen to the master's judgments, I'm going to listen to my own judgments and only look out for myself. That's number one. The second thing, though, you'll notice is that he had a very um, incorrect understanding of the master. He said, I, I, I knew you to be a hard man because you're just getting other people to do dirty work. But that's not true, is it? Because we've learned already that the master is incredibly generous. He's offered to bring his servants into his joy. So not only has the third servant 
um, doesn't have a, um, a correct understanding of the master, but he's decided that I'm going to use my own judgment instead of listening to the master's judgment. And that, friends, is fundamentally what sin is. Not having a personal understanding or knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And trying to make judgments ourselves and ignoring the rightful master, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, friends, here in the third servant is a great warning for some of us. As the Pharisees in the Gospel of Matthew decided to reject the person of Jesus, so the third servant is a warning to some of us who are rejecting the Lord Jesus' kingship over your life. And some of you maybe have even been coming and sitting in these pews and listening to the Bible and hearing the Gospel and yet you have not repented of your sin. And you have not accepted the forgiveness on offer in the Lord Jesus Christ. The third servant is a man, is a person, who has not responded rightly to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are some consequences for the third servant. You'll notice there that he says, So take the talent from him and give it to the man with 10 talents. So what's going on there? I think what he's saying is that the work of the kingdom, if that's what the talents represent, then any work of the kingdom that the third servant could have done is going to be given to the one with more talents who get more responsibility. Now, you might be thinking, well, okay, I don't really believe in the Lord Jesus, But that doesn't seem like a huge consequence. The fact that I don't get to partake in the kingdom work, uh, I don't really mind. But that's why there's one very last verse in the whole parable. Verse 30, the master says, cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. As you read the scriptures, as you read the gospel and you read about the Pharisees, not only did the Pharisees get the opportunity to work for God's kingdom, but Jesus would cast them into hell, into eternal damnation, into eternal torment. And friends, the great warning for some of us today is if you don't turn to the master, if you don't come to him and ask for forgiveness, then you're not just going to miss out on doing kingdom eternal work. The Lord Jesus will cast you to an eternity of pain, eternal torment. A life of continual hell awaits you. And that is the great warning of this parable. So how was your week? Um, how was your week? Oh, you know, it was, it, was, um, it was good. You know, I started a new job and it's been hectic. You know, I've just deadlines already. It's only my first week in the job. But I've met some other Christians and we're keen to meet together to pray for our non-Christian friends at work. Oh, how was your week? Oh, yeah, you know, it, was, it was all right. I was tired because, you know... Oh, I had to, again, I had to change a lot of nappies, but 
I got the chance to pray for some of our new visitors at church. How was your week? Oh, you know, it was, it was challenging. My, my children, they're sort of um, they're, they're like the, the monster inside them has come out this week. But God's helped me have a little bit of patience and self-control as I've loved them and tried to show Christ to them. How was your week? How have you been productive? How will you use what God has given you to be productive for the kingdom of heaven? And that is the great challenge of the parable of the talents. So let's pray together. Our Father, we're so uh, thankful that you would be so generous and, to, and kind to firstly uh, reveal your Son to us in the Gospel. We thank you, Father, that we can partake in kingdom work. And we, Father, we are so thankful that you would be pleased to allow us to work in eternal kingdom work. So, Father, challenge us today. Um, don't let us these words just leave our mind after the service. Um, help us and challenge us to know how we can use whatever you've given to us for the sake of advancing the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, Father, turn our hearts for those of us who have not yet submitted to the wonderful, generous Master, Please convict us that we need him, that we need forgiveness in him, and that we could enjoy the presence of our master forever. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.